Welcome to the Drawing to Skill podcast. I'm Pablo Cortez. Um, no Anna today. She won't be joining us, but our guest this week is Alex uh, Delgadillo. Uh, he is the CEO and Chief Information Security Officer of Seclex, an IT and cybersecurity management company. Seclex has a couple of firms as clients in the AEC industry. Um, and Alex, you're actually, this is the second time you've been on the on the podcast. Thanks again for uh, for joining us. How are you? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. I'm doing well, man. Thank you, Pablo, for having us, of course, and for having me. But Of course. Uh, and uh, so the reason we reached back out is we wanted to talk a little bit about and share information to people listening about sort of the technology that goes along with uh, the work that we do as landscape architects, right, and designers. Um, you know, so a lot of the work is done by hand, drawing, sketching, um, you know, uh, all the, the design portion of it, right? And the kind of getting our thoughts out on paper, but uh, the production side of things ends up being done, you know, for the most part on a computer. Um, so I thought that's kind of what we reached out, wanted to kind of go over some of these things and, and get your feedback and kind of get your advice on, on some of these um some of, maybe some of the hardware requirements and some of the things to look out for, right? When when looking at uh, uh, purchasing um, hardware, whether it's you know a, a, a one man, one one person firm or a larger company um, with with bigger staff. Uh, so yeah, I, I think if we can start by sharing some of those minimum requirements for hardware that a landscape architect designer uh, should should consider, right? Um, uh, maybe talk a little bit about you know memory requirements and, and storage space things like that yeah sounds good paulo yeah and and you're absolutely correct right so you know when it comes into the aac field right um a lot of the work you guys do is done by the individual right by hand but at the end of the day it's very extremely dependent on technology right as, as most organizations not anything right even 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 your home now it's very dependent on technology so you're absolutely correct. So yeah, of course, I'll I'll move into straight into like you know some of the requirements that we've seen with clients, and you know that that certain softwares and technologies that you use are need right, and um for you know just to kind of dive in right into it. So working with you know the AC firms, we noticed that you know you, you um they're very dependent on on GPU right on the virtual RAM right. Um, so most of the computers, GPU, that, the, graf the graphics card, right? Correct, the, video graphics. the graphic, video graphics card um, and RAM dependent as well. So it, it's crazy because, you know, most of the PCs that, um, you know, the firms have or individuals, right? Whether it's a one employer, a hundred or 200, they're, they're very powerful, right? They use, it's almost like gaming PCs, very similar, very, very similar. Right, and that's due to the fact that you know they have to use this type of software. Like you know, you got Revit, AutoCAD, right? You use um, you know Photoshop, which is one of the more basic for pictures, right? But or Structure Studios, right? So uh, you know, I'll talk a little bit more of the recommendations. For example, like a Revit or AutoCAD, right? Um, minimum recommendation and requirements: eight gigabytes of RAM. I don't, and we never recommend that because when you add features. Most of the features that you add are a 16 gigabyte RAM minimum. So you're going to have to upgrade that. So we always recommend our clients to use minimum of 16 gigabytes of RAM, right? And when it comes to the GPU, I would say more of a four gigabyte GPU, right? With a good video graphics card. Um, it's always upgraded. So every three to four years, there's new requirements. 
So you know, you, you gotta stay you gotta stay on top of your technology stack. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be and, and watch this. So Structure Studio software is it's it's I mean it uses pretty pretty um, deep technology and it's structured to, to for you to use more of a of, of a beefy computer I would say right for 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 terms so you need to have 32 gigabytes of RAM that's 32 gigabytes of RAM right and on top of that you need to have um, like an Nvidia GeForce card which is one of the newer ones the 360 with the six gigabytes of RAM right. And that's very, I mean, it's you have to have that. That's one of the. That's a pretty high end system. Right? Yeah, so it's a very high end system. Correct. I mean, and if you don't have that, the software won't even work. Won't even install. So, um, so you have to be on top of this technologies, right? You have to know the requirements. You have to know what you have, and and if not, it's like think about it like this: you're not going to be working as efficient as you should, right? Um, and that's why it's always recommended every four years to review um, your, your inventory, you would say, right? And then see what you have and what's required by the software. Because if not, you're gonna be working, you're gonna be struggling, you're gonna be struggling on that. So uh, software like Photoshop, where you're working with layers, right? The, the memory is kind of has a big impact on how many layers, right? Or what, uh, what information you can have on, on those in each layer um, and how fast and efficient you can work, right? So the more memory you're relying on to have a get, get a better quicker response from that that the computer um from the software itself um so it, to kind of kind of jumping off of that uh what are say cyclex recommendations for like a storage and backup solution right a lot of times these uh, uh files are being stored on the server somewhere um and being shared with different you know between different computers um especially on the, on the larger on the larger firms um are there do you have any any recommendations for that yeah, absolutely. So it, yeah, it all depends, right? Again, so back to the use case, right? What what type of organization is it? Individual? Is it just one user, right? So it all depends. At the end of the day, everything's gonna be faster when it's on premise, right? Physically access to the data, right? Um, you know, a lot of you know the industry and I mean, all technology is kind of moving to the cloud now, right? You still have a lot that's still on premise or with your data center, right? So when it comes to storage, of course, right? So let's say you are gonna host that locally in, in on a server or a, on a NAS, on a, you know, device, right? Um, which I'm not sure if you know what it stands for, um, but it's a, the it's network. NAS, NAS. Yeah, it's a, it's a network attached storage, right? So all that is in reality is think of a hard drive on steroids, <laughs> you know? Why? Because it, it actually, does have you could scale a lot faster with that um you're able to um increase a little bit of security by giving it certain access controls but more importantly redundancy right at the end of the day let's say you have a, a storage device like a hard drive and then you just use a hard drive um single point of failure let's say that hard drive fails and that's the only place you have your data um good luck recovering that data right it's not impossible but good luck but when you have like a nas device um, you know, on premise, what happens is, so it runs on raids. I don't want to get too technical, but it runs on raids. So, um, you know, like I said, redundancy is in, it's building it. So if one, one drive fails, you still have the other ones to support and keep going, right? And recover, you know, you don't need to recover your whole data. 
right? But it also allows for multiple users to be access that data because it's on the network. So it's configured differently where you can, you know, it, it you know, you configure it to an IP, a SCSI connection, depending, and you configure it that way, and you, you're able to share it with your users, right? So let's say you're a one-person organization for now, right? But you're going to grow, and your plan is to maybe have five users, or maybe you're, you're thinking big, right? You always want to go that route, right? Because at the end of the day, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you scale very quickly without you having to, like, restructure your whole network you know, when it comes to your data, right? But let's say, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think you can you can kind of think about it like this, where, you know, if you're a one person uh, studio and you have your one computer with your one hard drive and all your files stored on that, as soon as you start bringing other people in, you're either, you gotta either get that, you know, if you're sharing that data, you gotta get it to them somehow, right? Either through uh, an email or as an attachment or a Dropbox account, right? Where it's, but then, it, but then they're making changes and it's a lot of back and forth. Um, where you're the solution you're describing, the NAS, the NAS solution, um, which is what CTO uses. We actually have that set up here is we have our main server, which is the NAS server. Um, and then we have, anybody can access it from a different computer, right? It's the same file, any changes are reflected instantly in that file and then somebody else can pull it up at a, at a later time. Um, same thing with the backup, right? We have, there's there's the main server. We have a, an attached hard drive that everything kind of gets backed up to on a weekly basis. But we also have the offsite backup, right? Where it's, uh, there's a, it's a, uh, uh, it's a company uh, that is not connected to our company. We, we upload that every, I think every day, there's a little bit of update that happens. And, and they have that backup just in case the NAS fails, the hard drive fails, we have that third level of secure of, of backup, right, as, as, a, as a last resort. Yeah, so usually, yeah, that, that you're absolutely correct. Usually when it comes to cloud backups, right, those are incremental ones. So it's, you know, you, you first initially, when you first do the first backup, it does a whole full backup, right, to the cloud. You don't want to do that, right, because it takes a long time. So after that, it's just incremental. So you're right, it just takes bits and pieces of the changes done within the last 24 hours or however your schedule for the backups are done. So that's actually very good. I mean, that's having very good security hygiene if you think about it, right? Because you gotta think about it beyond that. Let's say of a, of a breach, high, you know, a ransomware attack, some type of attack, um, you're able to recover your data if needed, right? So one of the things that, you know, one of, rule of thumb type of thing for backups, we call it the three, two, one solution, right? So you want to have your data in three different locations, right? So in, 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 so for example, here we go. So you have a backup, physical backup on your premise, right? And then you have it where you store your data, right? Where, where you keep your storage devices. It could be on servers, it could be on a OneDrive, Google, depending, right? And then you have it offsite, which in this case is the cloud, right? So, um, so there you go. So you have two different locations as well. So there's the two, and then um, one is offsite, right? So you have to have it out of your because in case it's at your location or your home, wherever you're working from, it burns down. Your data center burns down. How do you continue business, right? Business continuity. So, um, you know, so that's a way to look at it. So that's 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 great that you do that, and um, you know, we always recommend that, right? And when a lot of organizations we see when they start or companies are like, oh, we don't need that yet, but you don't want to deal with that once it's a monster, right? You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to like, oh, okay, now we have four terabytes or 15 terabytes and then we have about 30 employees. Now we want to move over and 
you're going to require some downtime, right? And if, yeah, it's a whole different monster. But going back to storage, so depending. So now we talked about on-premise, having a server, having a physical server, right? But then you have, like you said, there, remember, OneDrive, Google, um, Mega, um, I mean, you name it. All those, all those like storage devices in the cloud, those are storage devices. They're not backups. A lot of you know companies and, and they're under the, the you know perception that oh man that's that's a you know we have our stuff in the cloud right we use Google we use OneDrive we use Dropbox like unless you have a feature built in it right where they do a separate backup then it's really being backed up but if there's an accidental deletion or somehow some way you lose that data in the cloud you know that the, the the cloud providers are not responsible for that, right? If you get breached, they're not responsible for that. So, you know, it's just something to think about as well. So backup and storage is, you got to understand it's a whole different volume. You're talking about two different conversations. Kind of, I guess, expanding on that is uh, SecFlex sort of kind of offers some of these networking solutions, right? As far as getting teams up and running. Um, is there a, do you have like a, a, a package that you can kind of, share and, and what those features and what you're including those packages yeah so um so there's there's we have our packages we call them you know we're, we're seclex and our our logo right it's a wolf right so we like to kind of package our deals named off like beta alpha right um so we have like for example let me give you an example like an alpha package um depending on the company right that includes that would be including cybersecurity and like managed services which is like the it right uh, because, you know, remember, IT is one thing, cybersecurity is completely a different conversation. So with the alpha package that we offer, right, and, and this could be, we, we go based off devices, right, endpoints, and platforms, for example. Like you have OneDrive and then you have five PCs right at home with your network devices and your, or a server, right? And you could be one guy, it could be one user, one employee, one girl, or it could be you know, or in organizations with, you know, they have 20 locations, you know, with the data center, it doesn't matter. So we go based off the endpoints, right? So what we do is we help teams scale, right? So for a smaller organizations, you know, we, as we go, as they grow, of course, you know, the cost goes up, but it's tailored for them at, in the beginning, right? And as they grow, they're gonna, it's, it's gonna be a higher cost. But the alpha package, going back to that, includes cybersecurity, includes IT, right? And we tailor them specifically for the company. Um, that's the way we work for that. And then we have our beta package, which is, you know, strictly would say, it's more of a one solution that say, hey, we just want cybersecurity, right? Um, or we just want IT, right? We call that the beta because it's just, it's just a smaller package. Um, we, you know, most of our clients, I would say go for the alpha because when it comes to the AAC, because they tend to be on the smaller end sometimes, but, and, and that, that makes it easier because, you know, you know, you can't really, for budget purposes, you can't be like, oh, I'm gonna get an IT and I'm gonna get a cybersecurity department, right? So we have both departments built in here with, at SecLex. So, um, you know, we, we, so we help, you know, kind of accommodate and see what we can do for the best of our ability, right? Um, and as we talked a little bit earlier, we have, you know, a lot of companies um, just don't know which route to go or what they need, you know, and we're more of like a trusted advisor on top of that, right, which is included in our packages, by the way, so. 
Yeah, because a lot of, you know, a lot of, it's, it's in the landscape architecture uh, community in the field, you know, I think most most designers are tech savvy, right? They know how to, how to use the, the software and, and the hardware. Um, but when it comes to the details of networking and um, security, it's not something that they dig into very much, very often, right? So having someone to be able to come in and say, hey, look, this is what we can do for you. This is how we can support your, your business, your practice. Um, it's always something to, it's always a good option to have, right? And, and yes, and that's, that's, you hit that right on the spot. And it's, it's like most, and we've noticed that, like, yeah, you can install software, right? Like most architects and designers, they can install software. They're pretty good. They're pretty savvy, but it's like, it, it becomes a specialty after that. So let's say you're scaling up. You're, you're not thinking, some don't think that advanced or well, that far out, sorry, not advanced, some, some far out where like, Hey, okay, right now I'm installing this software and I'm setting this system here really quick, but what about when I'm, ha you know, what if we grow to 200 users? Like, how can I scale this? To continue a little bit, what are some of the recurring issues and challenges you've seen with companies that have come to you for help? So, prime, like, so primarily of, out of everything, well, of course, cybersecurity, right? Um, we're a cybersecurity company first, um, more than anything, right? So we've seen that, unfortunately, where clients come in and they've been breached and they just, you know, they're at the point where, like, they don't know what to do. Right, um, so that's one of them, right? So that, that goes, that plays with what you were saying earlier, where, um, you know, the security aspect of, so you're setting up all the systems, you're growing, you're scaling, how are you securing them, right? You guys are busy on the day-to-day -day work and job. Imagine having to do all that on top of what, you know, your daily work. And that obviously has a different profession. So, do, you know, securing your networks, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult task. As we grow into, you know, now it's normal to work from home, right, and do things like that. So that's one. Cybersecurity, cybersecurity is huge. I would say the next one would be also the scalability, right, growth, right? We noticed and we've seen where organizations started small and now they're big, but they have like five different softwares that, you know, they're all trying to work together and they're trying to piece them together, but it actually um, takes a lot of time from you instead of running your business more efficiently, right, and smooth. Um, so we've noticed that as well, where it's like, okay, we have this, we have that. And, and that's why, you, you know, you have to have those experts sometimes come in and tell you, hey, you should use this, why, right? And let me give you a, an example of one, for example. Like, we always recommend OneDrive when it comes to cloud. Okay. Why? OneDrive. That's, the, that's, the, that's the Microsoft, Microsoft uh, service. Exactly. So Microsoft it, it has a OneDrive for storage, but they have their, for example, Office 365 solution, which includes OneDrive. Maybe you just want to do OneDrive because I just want it for storage now. But once you grow a team and you're getting bigger, right, it has other features like Teams. Um, SharePoint, um, Planner, right? Um, you, I mean, it goes to applications that you could open, Excel, Word, and they all synchronize together. They all work well together. So instead of having multiple, you know, softwares doing similar things in a way as well, you have, for example, you go with Microsoft 365 and they have the tools you need and they synchronize right away, right? And then at the end of the day, too, for cost, 
and it ends up being better on the long run, right? And you base of licensing because you get the suite for the 365. Let's say you use like a standard or premium, and that's it. You don't have to go out there and get more softwares to, to work together. And then now you have for, for accounting and, and billing purposes, then you have, you know, all this to pay that. You know, it, it's just structured a lot better. So, um, so that's, that's, you know, things that a lot of, um, you know, organizations don't know sometimes and they need guidance in doing that. Um, and that's where we come in, right? For example, as advisors and as the technology or cybersecurity team, we make sure all that gets aligned correctly. Project management when it comes to technology. How do we get there? You know, budget, everything like that. We assist, we help. We're like the backbone of the technology for the company. You, know, you mentioned people working from home, right? More people needing more, more remote access to those files. Um, do, do you have any solutions for securing that remote access um, for people that are increasingly working from home and having to have that access, that remote access? So yes, it, it all depends, right? How is how is it secured? How is the structure? How's the data access? So I will give you a few examples. You know, you have an organi you got organization A right, where they use a VPN to access their data, right? So they have a data center, they use a VPN to access data within the organization. That's gonna be a little bit different how you secure that compared to some organizations that use um, like the, you know, cloud solutions for storage where they don't VPN into a network, they don't go into a network, right? They're just accessing data from their computer straight from the cloud, right? So. Uh, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit on both. So when it comes to the option A, when you do a VPN, right? Um, what we've seen, and and it's somewhat of a huge risk, is organizations say, okay, cool, we're gonna let workers work from home and access the data with the VPN connection, right? So you're only as you know you're only as strong as your weakest point, right? You're you're so if you have of the open VPN connection from a user, user A, into your infrastructure, think about it like this. What if his network at home or wherever he's located or his computer at home that he uses to VPN in is breached, it's hacked, right? That's an open door into the network, right? So a lot of organizations, they don't think of the security part on their end, right? So how do you minimize this risk? Protecting that endpoint protect that endpoint as the best your, to your ability, right? And what does this mean? Um, maybe putting out a policy, hey, if you're gonna VPN from work, you need to have this security systems in place with you know, you know, minimum requirements as well, it's like a Windows 11 um, with the antivirus. Usually, of course, it's recommended and it's best for the organization to provide that to your users, of course, right? for multiple reasons. Why? Because you can monitor that, monetize it, and you could also manage it fully where if there is an incident, you're aware of it, right? And you have more control. So providing the, the proper tools for the user because the side of it, the user might not even know what is a good, you know, AAV, antivirus, or what is really, you know, having a good patch management, et cetera, right? So, that's just a little overview, right? So securing those endpoints that are communicating in, making sure they that connection is secure, and then monitoring the network connection and make sure there's no malicious activity. 
right? I don't want to get too deep in the, you know, tech and, 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 and into the details, but that's, that's, you know, that's, op, you know, user A. Let's say user B, where it's all cloud-based. You're uploading straight to the, you know, OneDrive, Google Drive, Dropbox, depending. So at that point, you go back to, so you got to protect that endpoint at the end of the day again, right? So it's a little bit of a less risk to the organization internally, right? But, but hey, let's say that device does get hacked, does get breached. Well, they're going to have data, access to the data. So having good user access controls in place, what does that mean? Um, you know, minimizing the access that they should have when maybe they're out of sight of their organization or to the device or to the, you know, the drive, shared drives that they have access, not just have open access, right? Um, but at the end of the day, protecting that endpoint. The, and what is, I, I say endpoint is that workstation, that computer, making sure it's being patched, making sure it has, you know, no vulnerabilities if possible, um, reducing the risk, antivirus recommendation. And um, so that also applies to user A. And then on user A, going back a little bit, so I'm going to jump back to this one real quick. Having like a, when you VPN into a network, always have like a multi-factor authentication to get in for access, right? It's an added layer of security. Uh, that's, uh, that's good to know. Uh, we've, I, I've had uh, people have to uh, log in remotely um, on occasion here, uh, and it is uh, scary, scaringly, it's very scary how easy it is to have somebody access your entire network from, from wherever they are. Um, super easy to do. Um, so we do try not to do that as much as, as, as we can here, but that sometimes it's necessary, right? But now you're talking about, I think specifically that, that multi-authentication feature would go, or multi-factor feature would go, you know, a, a long way to, to securing that connection. Um, cause now you know who's accessing right from where and, and at least there's a little bit of that more secure. Exactly. And there's a lot of tools out there, right? That you can use and, you know, as, as the threat landscape gets bigger, right, there's better tools that come out. And for example, you know, there's, you know, people, you know, you, you do get that, those users like, I don't want to do two-factor, I don't, I don't have time to, you know, put in a pin. There's some of them that you just literally get a prompt on your phone, like that easy. Like, you have your phone, prompt it, authenticate, you're in, right? So, if, you, if you're telling me you're not willing to press a, a, a you know, push on the screen, which I'm most likely you will have your phone next to you. I mean, you know, so you got to make those a requirement, right? It's it, as, you know, in management, upper management or leaders of a company, there it has to be a top-down push for that, right? If you give options to users, you know, they're, they're, a user will always take the easier route. I think all this information is great to have, right? Especially if you're starting out, um, or if you're in a in a larger company that's looking, maybe you're you're part of that IT department and looking to expand and, and get some more people in. So it's always good to have this information. Um, I do want to go back to uh, some of the hardware requirements that we talked about. Uh, you know, we're we're looking at at going digital on the drawing side, right? So like uh, we're looking at one of those iPads and and the drawing software. Um, you know, you mentioned that the to look at the the memory requirements, right? Which I think it's probably key to most people, especially if they're going that digital drawing app way. Um, you know, we started to look at it, and I think one of the recommendations, maybe you can agree, is get the most RAM memory that you can afford, right? When you 
looking at, at that piece of software, a piece of hardware. Um, it just seems like it'll make it a lot easier, especially if we're with large projects um, that, that come through. Um, cool, Alex. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate you taking the time. And like I said, I think all this, this is information good for anyone to have. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, unless there's anything else that you want to add that, that you'd like to have listeners um, uh, hear about, I think we can start to, to wrap things up. No, no, I mean, I mean, we, you know, I think we've covered, you know, most of, you know, the, the basics, I would say, right? I mean, we could, we could have conversations probably here forever <laughs> of technology and cybersecurity, but I mean, for this purpose is good. And no, I appreciate you having... How can people look up uh, SecFlex information, maybe? So they can find us on, on LinkedIn, right? Of course, um, you know, we're very active on there. You could um, search SecFlex, right? And you would find us at LinkedIn. Um, I know we have Facebook. Same thing, Seclex, or you could, um, you know, go to our website, www.seclexisc.com, right? And then you could get more information, you know, of our services and any, any need. And I'm sure they can they can call up and, and talk to someone to get some info as far as your services, right? Quick Google search Seclex, and you'll you'll see us on there. We'll include some links in the in the show notes for uh, for people to check out. Um, cool. Well, thanks, Alex. Thanks for getting time again, and. Um, yeah, man, we'll talk soon. Have a, have a good weekend. Thank you, Paolo. You too, man. Have a great weekend.